All right, I think we are good to go. Hello and welcome, Just a Family. This is giving you something to talk about live TV. I am your host, Melissa Kretschler. I'm also an identity coach and spiritual teacher. This episode is sponsored by a Phoenix Identity, and we are going to be talking today about how to empower our children and how empowered children learn from empowered parents. And I will have a quick uh, to-do on that right away, but let me introduce my guest host today, who is none other than Barbara Masonette. And again, I always say this, I hope I pronounced that properly. You did, actually. Yep, there's a couple ways, but that's one of them. So you did great. That's like my last name. It's Kretschler. Uh, I always say Kretschler, but in um, Czech, where it's from, it's actually Krekler. Oh. But there's another connotation to it. If I was in Prague, my last name would actually be Kreklerkova. Oh, wow. Because women and, you know, have the ova at the end of it. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I, I, yeah, oh, wow. I found that out not that long ago. My mother-in-law is actually born and raised, both my, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are born and raised in Prague. So it's interesting wow. to, to have the, the different connotations of the name. Wow. So well, I'm going to hand it. I'm going to hand it over to you to introduce yourself. I'm going to go in and share it while you do that. And yeah, let's, who are you? What do you, what do you do? What do you, what are you passionate about? (laughs) So I'm Barbara Masonette and I am a life and business coach. And I also am a mama and um, I homeschool my son as well. So um, single mom homeschool, I, um, you know, do my utmost best to practice what I preach as far as probably some of the things we talk about today, but um, ultimately like that work and life balance and making sure that, you know, you're present for the kiddo. I only have one, uh, the child as well as running, you know, um, a successful and my definition of successful business to my clients. I um, work mostly with uh, small to medium-sized business owners, but I have, you know, quite a few individual life coaching clients as well and corporate clients. So, you know, really it's somebody who uh, is ready to make some significant change and they, you know, want to have a different set of eyes on their life or their business and somebody who's unbiased and um, really somebody will just look at it from a different set of eyes and ready to take some action. So that's a little bit about me. I love that. That are still experiencing one form or another of childhood trauma, whether it's something small, whether it's something large. I had, and and I commented on it on yesterday's video, I had my own childhood trauma in school where my schools have been shut down today and tomorrow and then it's of course Easter holidays so they have five days at home and we just ended up having a snowstorm so we're in the middle of a snowstorm one of the worst in I think they're saying 30 years so yeah it's it it's not horrible today but it's it's been pretty bad lots of stuff even the government closed down today so yeah so when I said that I had a little tidbit, um, Barbara and I were talking before the episode about showing up, right? And as parents, and, and I'll just start off with this. As parents, we always tell your kids, it doesn't matter if you don't feel good. I understand you don't feel good. It's great. You know, I love you. But if you commit to doing something, you have myself by seventh grade. I truly had convinced myself that I was dumb and stupid. 
my friends, they'll say there was no way I could make the grades they did. Compared to in their report cards, my report cards, there was just no way. And so I just started playing small then. I just started playing not to lose, not to win. I didn't play to win, but I just played not to come in last. You know, if I could just scrape by and somehow make it, then I was happy. So I, I had that mindset of just that second runner up mindset because I did not believe I was enough. Yeah. I just, I just didn't, I just didn't believe my enoughness was enough. And, and, and if, and if you're having some of those thoughts, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. You have this dream in your heart. You have this thing that you want to do and you start it and you stop it and you start it and you stop it. And you think, what is it that's holding me back? And in, in the coaching process, I know, you know, this um, Melissa and you see it all the time, but basically here's the deal. <laughs> if you could have already figured it out, you would have already figured it out. You know, so I beat my head against the wall for the first half of my life. I mean, literally the first half of my life, I beat my head against the wall. Just thinking this is pretty much it. My circumstances are driving my results. My circumstances, I'm re they're responsible for my, you know, my behavior, everything. Everything was from the outside in. I never knew that inside I had the answers. So does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I want to follow up with that with, you know, we don't always have the answers and we don't always know how to fix things. One, when we're emotionally charged, right? When we're in that, I'm not good enough. You're not going to think you're good enough to get yourself out of it. You're not going to think about all the ways that you could get yourself out of it. And so emotions have a huge impact on that. The second one is sometimes you're just not meant to get out of it at that point. Right. I've had exceptional shifts in the last. You're not honoring your own words. So why do I then have to honor you, respect you or, um, you know, really listen to what you have to say? I mean, it, it could go deep really quick when it comes to words and honoring commitments and following through. And, you know, let's say forth and, and everything going on there. And then all of a sudden now one thing and everything starts falling into place. And it's like, oh, that's why that didn't work. That's why that didn't work. And it's just this huge cycle. And that's, I'd love to get into that, but I love, I have to say, I love your accent. I'm just totally, <laughs> I'm from Canada. We have like, we have different accents, but we don't have US accents. And I love different accents and yours is very strong and I absolutely adore it. Well, thank you. Yes. Um, we, I'm a little, a little bit on the Southern side. And so, you know, I, and one time I had a mentor, um, which I later found out she really wasn't a mentor, but she wanted me to change my voice. And she said, you, you really need to take voice lessons and you really need to take, change your voice because people aren't going to take you serious. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you know what, um, that's how I was created. And my voice is staying with me. It's, it's, it's just my signature voice and I'm keeping it. So, um, but that's a whole nother day and a whole nother story. But that was before really, I knew what mentorship was and what coaching was and, and what truly leadership was. And I thought it was, you know, it was more like you just, you follow and you take everything they say and you just, you don't just, you know, disagree or disrespect or do anything like not disrespect, but you just don't disagree with anybody. You just go along with it. And I was like a puppet for so long in my life because I did not have the belief of my own to stand on my own. 
And, and when I joined um, Maxwell leadership seven years ago, y'all is, I, I could be the poster child for personal growth. I mean, I did not even know what personal growth was. I thought if you started thinking and trying to change your mind, that that was kind of wacky and weird. I was raised in a very small town. I still live in the small town. I was raised in a very small church and I, I have a great family. I went to school. I, I mean, I did. I went to college and got my master's degree, all of that stuff. But really all that was a result of how I was raised because that was just what you did. That was the next step. It wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do, but it's what I did because it was what was expected of us. Yeah. And, you know, we were told to be quiet and shh. That's all I ever heard was shh, you're too loud. So I just grew up with all these yeah. things. And by middle school, my grades were starting to slip. And, you know, I was um, a really traumatic thing. Well, I mean, y'all, I'm sure there are people that have gone through such worse things than, than me, but, and they're like, Lynn, that's really not traumatic, but it was to me at the time. But um, my teacher passed out, she passed out the math test um, that afternoon. It was in April, but it's probably about this time of year. I remember exactly. And um, my friend, she mixed up the, ta- the test papers and my friend got my exam and I got hers. And I was so excited because it was like an A. She said parameters. Yep. And if you don't follow through, this is what's going to happen, right? right? So in everything that I do with my children now, and, and I, it took me a while to figure this out and learn it. And I had help from a, from a former friend of mine. I had a lot of help with this. It was consistency. It was making sure that whatever punishment you had fit the role. So ask nicely the first time, Hey, I I need you to do this. Right. First time I'm going to ask you nicely, tell me you need five minutes, whatever. I'll give you the five minutes, whatever. The second time I have to ask you, you're going to get, you need to do this or this is going to happen and have a clear, concise, this is what's going to happen. And then if they don't do it, there's no third time. It's the third time is the punishment gets put into place and you do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I found that that works for my kids. Right. Go ahead. I was going to say, wouldn't you think in the process, like ultimately as parents, our our goal, I'm going to assert for most parents is to teach um, our kiddos to be responsible human beings. And so when you place the, um, when you place it on their shoulders to make the decisions and own the consequences in the process, right? It's not a surprise. Like they can't come back to you and be like, but mom, I didn't know you were going to, I don't know, make me clean my room if I didn't do this. Like, I didn't know that mom. No, love of my life. When I asked you over here and then I said, here, if you don't, if you, now you're going to do this. And if you don't do this, you're going to have to clean your room. You can't play dumb as I like, nope. You made it clear, but in that process, the hope is right. Is that we're empowering our kiddos to, to um, like, I always say to my clients, like point, point the fingers back at you and like come from a place of responsibility. Like, don't we want our kids to be responsible human beings, Mm -hmm. but they can't do that if they're not um, challenged in understanding, right. Choices have consequences, good or bad. Not all choices have bad consequences there. Right. Like, if I want an ice cream cone, there's some good consequences to it, like yummy yum, and some bad consequences, like oh no, my you know my three mile run probably didn't pay off. I don't run, but you get the point, you know. So I think there's some that responsibility. So you know that tool, that parenting tool, 
that you just shared is a great strategy. And I think if you take it deeper to a different level and helps people to under helps parents to understand. So why am I doing this? Like, we're not just talking about mechanical robots, you know, like there could, could you get your kids to do what you wanted them to do? I'm sure you could, right? You can do the bribery approach. You could do the consequence approach. You could do the ask 5 million thing, you know, times approach. You could do the get angry approach. You could, there's all approaches to get your kid to do what you want them to do. I want you to clean your room or you can ultimately say, but why? Like, what am I trying to teach my kiddo here? Mm-hmm. Right? Because at some point I'm going to assert they're going to move out on their own and whether they have a roommate or a spouse or, you know, whatever other human being living in the house with them, again, if we're using the room, I'm going to guess they would probably want to live with somebody that has a cleanish room. Right? Skills. So that's, right? Skills to do what they need I mean, to do. Yeah. Right? Like, so you do want somebody to come back. Hey, thank you for teaching your child to be responsible and picking up their, you know, socks after them. Oh, you're welcome. Little do you know what the process was to get us to this point. But that's the ultimate goal is really to empower our kids to come from a place of responsibility so they can go out there and be good human beings. And make decisions. So for any of our viewers, whether you're watching live or catching the replay, what, what do you think your goal is with your kids? What is your goal? What do you think is important to teach them growing up, right? When they become adults on their own, what do you want them to know? Do you want them to know? There's so many, there's how to be responsible, how to follow directions. I know for, um, my, again, my daughter, she's my problem child right now. (laughs) She's going to get a lot of air over here. Okay, go ahead. She is a disaster when it comes to cleanliness. (laughs) Like there's no, right. We're not getting any compliments yet then is what you're saying. Not yet. Okay. Got it. I, I was a disaster, but see, I, even now, right. My husband will come home. He's like, I've got clothes on the floor over here right? I've, I've got clothes on the floor over here. So I'm, I'm got the clothes there. And he's like, why didn't you put those away? (laughs) Cause I didn't want to. And it's not a big deal right now. Right. They're there. They're clean. They're, they're, you know, they're not going anywhere. Um, so I've, I've, I grew up as the messy kid, not the dirty kid though. And I find there is a huge distinction between that. Huge leftover food, um, dirt and grime and right. molding dishes, that's dirt, right? Or or unmentionables that need to be, that's dirty, right? Like dirty. But having your clothes all over your room, I remember once my when my husband and I met, he went and cleaned my apartment. Um, he stole my- Wow, key. you got lucky. He, well, because he's a, he's a clean nut, right? He stole my key and went and cleaned my apartment when he was supposed to be meeting me at the park. And there, my, my bedroom was clean, but it was messy. There were clothes everywhere. There were books everywhere. There was really no organization in my room. It was just, everything was everywhere, but it wasn't dirty. And that I think is a distinction, right? You don't have to be perfectly organized, but it needs to be clean. Right. And there's the product in needs to be clean. Yes. I agree. I mean, right. I mean, if you have to know, I have a pile of clothes too, right over there, but guess what? They're all clean, mm-hmm. right? They just haven't made it into the drawer. And I might have to say right now, I don't know if and when they might 
not make it into the drawer. They might make it back onto the body, into the dirty clothes, back onto the pile. But to your point, is there a difference? But I think you asked a really good question. What are some of the things that we want to teach our kids? And I think you you hit on a, a really critical point that maybe some parents don't stop and think about. Um, and that is like, are you an intentional parent? Like, have you sat down and intentionally thought to yourself? I mean, I think we all hope that our kids turn out well, but have you thought about how you're going to get there? Like, have you thought about, you, you brought something up consistently, consistency. I mean, consistency in what? What are you consistent? And what are you being consistent in the hopes of teaching them to be? I mean, we could be consistent in, I don't know, yelling. And that's consistently teaching them that when you want to communicate and you're angry, you're going to yell. Is that what you ultimately want to teach them? How to communicate? Probably not, right? So it's consistency that, you know, like you're smiling. You got a thought. I see the thought. I'm, what do you think I, so I do yell. I'm not going to lie. I do yell. I even on one of these videos, Haley, my youngest, just seven and in the other room screaming, right. uh, was being exceptionally loud. So I muted myself and I'm like, Haley, be quiet, <laughs> right? While I'm doing the video. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I get aggressive, not aggressive in the sense that, you know, I'm going to beat you or anything along those right. lines, but more so like you're pushing me to that limit. You like, we need to cut this mm-hmm. out. Um, Tori commented, she said, honestly, the importance of credit, that is a huge one too. finances, right? Mm-hmm. About finances. One of the things I wanted to mention about your intentional parenting though, is when we are empowered parents and, and not even just parents, when we're empowered ourselves, we have the understanding that our version of empowerment looks different than other people's. Yes. We are, and and this comes down to my own identity coaching, right? We are unique individuals. And a lot of the problems them into, you know, you know, um, a beautiful, a beautiful picture, so to speak, but the, 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 the gratitude piece came out of a, a difficult situation. Seven years ago, I reached up to a mentor and that's very important. I, and I know y'all know this, I'm not talking at you. I'm just, we're just talking together, but please just do this one thing. Don't ever take advice from anybody that you would not want to trade places with and only take advice or, or be coached or mentored by people who, who have done what you want to do or who are going where you want to go, but never take advice from the people that aren't, that hadn't been through the fight that you're fighting. Cause they don't know right now. I have somebody going, a friend going through a divorce. I have several um, coaching clients that have been through divorce and I'm coaching them, but I will never say, I know how you feel because I do not know how they feel about that one thing. Now, have I had loss in relationships in my life? Yes. So the G and gritty is for gratitude. And I know that that's something everybody's like, Oh, you know, so, so don't click off the show right now, just because you've heard about gratitude before, because just hang in here with me for a second. But a lot of people have heard about it. Just like a lot of people have heard about a lot of things, right? We know, we know how to, we know how to, whatever, whatever the thing is, we know how to eat healthy. But I mean, I just, I just ate jelly beans. Okay. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to tell the world. I just got into the jelly beans. Okay. And today was going to be the day that I didn't, but so I know what to do. We don't always do just because we know something doesn't mean we always do it. I'd always heard of gratitude and I'm a very grateful person. I am grateful for my family. I'm grateful for, 
you know, my life, um, being raised, you know, in the family that I was and, 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 you know, all that, all those things, but I had never written it down daily. And seven years ago, my, my, my friend, my coach that I called, she challenged me to write it down. And she said, 25 things a day. And I was like, 25 things a day. And she was like, 25 things a day for a while. And I did it for a couple of years. And then I did, um, because I went to, I was in a coaching process. I'm still in a mentorship process. I have been for seven years. And, um, and so then I came across another thing and it was to write seven things a day that you're thankful for. And also to write down seven dreams as if they had happened. So I began to do that. And that was a whole different take. And I watched, I began to see things happen in my life that I had written down years ago. And it was very powerful. Most people do not write down their dreams. Only 3% of the people ever really write down their dreams, their, their vision, their passion, and their purpose. They just don't. They think about it, but they don't write it down. And so gratitude is, a, is you will not be around me very long without me mentioning it. And um, just last night, I was at my life group. And I was like, before I went, I was like, went by the store, picked up 14 journals and took them and said, okay, here's a challenge and gave them out to everybody. That's just what I do. I always give gratitude journals. And and, and the purpose of it is because everybody's not going to do it. Everybody's not going to do it. But if one person does it, that person's joy level, that person's shame and guilt will be annihilated because gratitude and, and being thankful for what you have and having a grateful heart is the greatest, greatest um, cure for, for shame and guilt and lack of joy. So that's what the G stands for and gritty. And then we've already kind of talked about resilience, but that's the R. The R is ingredients for resilience. And, and we have to have that bounce back ability. We just do. We, I say we fall down seven times. We grit up eight. We're going to be gritting up a thousand. We're just going to keep gritting up. You know, we just, we got to stay gritty. And this, this day and age is, you know, there's a lot of things that can make you go sideways in a New York minute. You know, there just, there's plenty of opportunity. All you have to do is pick up this, right? And you could, you this information, right now you could push one button and you could have 80,000 different opinions about something and you could get stirred up so quick, just like this. And it can derail you. It can, it can throw you off if, if you don't have, you know, a gritty mindset, <laughs> if you're not solid up there and, and the eye and gritty is for, you know, live an inspired life. Because if you wake up every day and you hit snooze on your life 10 times before you ever want to get out of the bed, you need to, you need to do a little self-check. You need to think, what, what is it? Why do I want to hit snooze on my life? I mean, I honestly don't even know. I, I hit snooze every day. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I love I, um, well, and I'm not saying you don't love your life. I'm not saying that. But a lot of people that I work with and in, in teams and companies and, and clients, you know, I, I really, when we drill down to it, you know, there are things that they, they complain about their Mondays. They don't like their Mondays. I'm like, do you know how many Mondays you have in your life? Do you have any hours that you are just wishing away that you don't enjoy? And they're like, yeah, I dread going to this meeting and I dread this thing at work or I dread being around these people. And, you know, there's just so many people that are going through the motions of, of life that is not serving them. And, and I'm just a big, big proponent on, on how we start our day. And, and I think because I've, I've seen my life change because of the, the, the habits that I've created and one being the, the grateful, the gratitude habit, um, it has, 
it has totally changed. And then that habit, I started that seven years ago and I have journals and journals and journals. I mean, they're everywhere. All my bookshelves are everywhere because I write every day. I do that every day. So you can imagine how many it's just really stacking up. But, um, and then that um, also resulted in three years ago, April 13th. So just, I just had the celebration two days ago, but, um, or yesterday, I guess that was the 13th, wasn't it? Um, but I've been making my bed and people are like, what? Making your bed? You, you didn't make your bed before every day. I'm like, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't. And, um, but uh, my son was going into the Navy and I, I, I've read some, some of the SEAL training before. And, you know, that's their big thing. That was the, one of the big things they did. They, they, they trained those guys. That's the first thing they train them on is making your bed every day. And they're like, that sounds so silly. What, how, what could that possibly do? But, you know, you start your day off in a good way, a positive way. And at the end of the day, if it's all gone sideways, and upside down, you know, you can look back on how you started it and there's order and you walk back in there that night and, and there's something that you have done. And so that habit alone, I've done that for a thousand ninety six days now straight. And so, um, you know, but that's again, it's just a system. It's just a system. It's getting those systems in place. And, and it takes that. It, I used to fly by the seat of my pants. You can't fly by the seat of your pants into significance. Now you just can't, I mean, I earned seven cars in a company flying by the seat of my pants. And you're like, how'd you do that? Flying by the seat of my pants. Honestly, I did. And I left that company and, and filed bankruptcy. So you can fly through life by the seat of your pants, but if you want to get everything out of it, that was cre- designed for you then then sometimes we have to slow down to speed up and we got to look at look at the results we're getting and look at how we're feeling because if anybody's going to magically show up and and design and create the life that you desire and the the one you dream about and think about it's going to be you yep we do <laughs> we get in our way so much it's disgusting the <laughs> the thoughts the processes right routines I don't have a routine. <laughs> I wake up. Well, I technically, okay. I can't say that I don't. I wake up. I have three alarms in the morning and each one is getting me more awake because I don't like getting up in the morning. And I love Mondays. <laughs> I think Monday is a great day. It is a new week. Just like every day is a new day. I wake up every morning going today is a new day. It's whatever I make it. Right. And whatever happens, tomorrow's a new day. So I don't, I don't, so I don't practice gratitude. Um, I, I'm very well informed on gratitude. I don't practice gratitude in, in, the, in the normal sense. So I have to say that um, when we're explaining gratitude, I, I disagree with a portion of it. So if you're practicing gratitude and, and this is a kind of a caveat, not even just a, a disagreement, which is kind of a caveat is when you're practicing gratitude, if you're using gratitude to transform a negative thought or a negative emotion or negative belief, you're not actually removing that negativity. You're just pushing it down and hiding it under a veil of gratitude. It's like the positivity movement. 
um, with the positivity movement, it's think positive, be positive, focus on only the good. And you're not actually doing anything to change that negativity, right? So when it comes to gratitude, I love focusing on gratitude in a sense of every day is a blessing. Every day is a blessing. We may go through horrible things throughout the day. We may, may have horrible thoughts about ourselves, about others, whatever that looks like, our experiences, but those are all teaching us something. And when we use those lessons in a way that they're teaching us, teaching us that something needs to change, teaching us that we need to grow or that we need to learn compassion, whatever the, the lesson in there is, it's grow. And that's what really propels us forward is growing into something new, growing into our awareness and our mindset and our ability to find great gratitude in our day. That's, that's a great point. And, and it's so true. And so just, I, I mentioned that in the last couple of weeks, I've been through a big leadership, um, leadership shift. And, um, and so I've been writing about that. And I've been writing it down in my gratitude. I am thankful for the place I'm in. I'm thankful for the crucial conversations that I've had. I am thankful that, you know, I got the nudge just to sit in with it, not to bounce out, not to leave, not to exit, but to stay with it because I, because I am very aware in the past, I would just jump out of one thing into another and um, if it was a bad situation or relationship or whatever, I would just bounce out and I would leave the lessons behind, like you're saying. But um, and just to clear that the gratitude piece up is the reason I do that is because for so long I would I was so stuck in comparison and I would be looking and people do this all the time. Adults, too. It's not just kids. It's not just middle school girls. But um, just for example, on Instagram or Snap or whatever it is you watch or, you you know, you scroll or whatever. There's so many people that can get caught in the, that comparison and, and they're just all of a sudden they see a picture with a, you know, a filter or whatever. And they're, they're comparing, maybe they didn't go on a trip or they blah, 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 or they, this or that or whatever. And I used to live my life through those lens. So now I look at my life. I'm like, wow, you know, I am, I am so grateful. And um, I've studied tremendous. Um, I've gone really deep in Brene Brown's um, um, research and, and, and her, you know, her studies and her data on, you know, on the gratitude, on gratitude. And, you know, another thing that it, the one way it serves me and it's not, it, you know, I've never really had anybody say that it, that they were doing it to gloss over, you know, anything negative, but so many people, I see this so much when in trauma and, and sometimes not even in like big trauma stuff that we think of when we think of, you know, huge, huge traumatic um, life experiences, but we go back and we, we try to fill in the gaps. We go back and we, we are stuck in the past of, you know, those gaps and we're trying to fill in and we're trying to, what if this, and what if that, and if I had done that, and rather than harvesting the good, rather than pulling the golden nuggets out of those experiences and celebrating those, you know, those, those mile markers, those, you know, those, those stones of remembrance and, and that can really serve somebody's really going through heavy grief or just, you know, trauma, whatever. And in, in any of those seven, you know, pillars that you mentioned, any of those areas, whether it's finances, relationships, spiritual, you know, whatever it is, that really is a way it's not, it's not the only way, but it is a way, 
you know, to just, to just refuel, you know, that joy. I'm a person of faith. And so my, my joy level is (laughs) it's, it's, it's not even like half full glass. It's, you know, it's overflowing. And and I'm not saying my life is perfect because it's not. And, and I, and I go hard through, we, we go through hard things just like everybody does just because we're a coach doesn't mean life doesn't show up and smack us in the face. Cause (laughs) we know, we know that's, we, we could, Melissa and I could share with you a million things that how life's shown up and, you know, smack us in the face. But, you know, I think that um, with a gritty mindset, you know, with, with these things and the two T's and gritty, um, just so I make sure I cover it is to think tough. And, and it's so important, first of all, that we think about what we're thinking about, because a lot of people really don't even think about what they're thinking about. They just do things because we've always done them. You know, like if you've ever watched your mom baking something, you're like, well, why do you cut the, why do you use that same thing to cut the pie crust or whatever? It's just like, because that's what my grandmother used, you know, like, but it really doesn't work as best, as good as this over here. But you know, we do things a lot of times just because it's all we've ever known. We do things because we've just always done them that way. Yeah. And so we got, we got to think tough. And this, this life is not for wimps. Being a mom is not for wimps. Mm-hmm. Being a wife is not for wimps. We going online is not for wimps. I know. <laughs> it's not, you got to be gritty, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then the why in gritty is you do you, you know, you just do you. If, if gratitude works for you, then do gratitude. If it doesn't, then you know what? That's okay. You've got, you've got your things, you've got your tools and just you do you because you are created and perfectly perfect to do, be, and have anything your hearts desire. And, you know, there, there are women, there are men, there are people, children, whoever, there's somebody waiting, you know, to hear your story. There's somebody waiting to be served by you. And, you know, I, I do believe that we, we do have to slow down a little bit and look in that mirror, you know, every morning and, and begin to, to love the person that that's looking back at you because it's really not what other people think. It's, yeah. it's what you think about you that matters most, you know? So I just, you know, I just really, I just really encourage people to, to really think about ways that they could set up some systems, you know, you don't have to make your bed if you don't want to. But that was just one thing that created a model for me. The gratitude was, was another habit that I created, you know, and now I get up and, you know, I put my clothes out to work out every day. I do it the night before so that it's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. I mean, I have to go work out. I had a heart attack in 2011 and it's a non-negotiable. And so I have to do that. Um, Nutrition is very important to me. And I, I justified eating the jelly beans because they were beans, they were vegetable. Um, and so I, <laughs> ha ha, not really. It's not funny. It was just what I did, but um, you know, so, so we, I have those things in place and growth is huge. Um, like I said, I've been in this growth journey for seven years. I'm still drinking out of the like fire hose. I mean, every day is like that. I am, I just got off a call with one of my coaches, And so, I mean, every day is like, I'm being stretched and pulled and it's not always fun, especially when they say, I'm going to give you some, some honest feedback. And you're just like, here we go, you know, but that's where the growth is. So you girl, you just gotta, you gotta shut me up because I get excited and um, (laughs) I'll get going. (laughs) I'm going to do our quick mid episode sponsor. So our sponsor today is the 
a Phoenix identity, um, which is my coaching practice. Um, go take a look. It is a phoenixidentity.com. We will have the seven mindset pillars there for you to take a look at and download and get to know what those mean and how they, how they impact your mindset, and your everyday reality, because 80% of your reality, actually probably about 90% of your reality is created by your mindset. So go and take a look at that later today. So I have to post it so that you can get it. The other thing is anybody watching, please check out the links in the description. Go check us out on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Twitch, on TikTok. We are on just about every social media platform you can think of. And we are looking for more followers, more co-hosts, more sponsors, and more viewers, of course, because that's what a talk show is for. So I, I want to talk about the, the thought process behind getting out of your own way. So if you are stuck in your own way, you're going to experience unhappiness. You're going to experience, you know, feeling stuck. You might be going in the right direction and you might be experiencing success. And I say success in everybody else's terminology, right? You've got everything to show for it, but in the background, you're not happy. In the background, you're not you know, living for you in the background, you're, you know, on the verge of bankruptcy, like you said, with that seven car business, that's you're in your own way. You're in your own head. Now, what I want to say about that is when you get into your own head, if you start having thoughts, if you start having emotions come up and they're negative, I can't do this. Um, I don't want to do this. or you fear taking a step? I want you to feel into that. I absolutely encourage everybody to feel into those because those are the moments that are going to tell you, okay, is this a belief of mine? Is this matter to me? Do I want to continue forward? Is this the way I want to go? Those are the times that you question. Those are the times that are really going to show you, am I meant to move forward? Is this truly what I want? If not, do I need to step back and change? That's, that's so good. And, and I think it is that slowing down in this day and age, it's so hard for us to just be quiet and to just darken the screens of our life and to sit in it. And, to, and, and that's one thing, too. I, I wake up early in the morning. So just having that quiet time is just the clarity that comes out of that when I'm the only person up and it's totally quiet. It is like it, I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's like, those are golden moments for me. You know, some people have that at night, late at night. Um, I'm just a morning person. So, so that works for me, but whatever works for you, maybe you do that while you're working out or on a treadmill, or maybe you do it, you know, when you're shopping, I don't know. I don't know what, but I would really encourage you to, to, to sit with that, to sit with those thoughts and those feelings and those emotions, because, you know, you can't, you can't just run past them. You can't outrun them. You gotta, you gotta deal with them and, and you gotta speak to them, but you gotta know where they come from. And, and I think when I truly began to value who I was and I began to believe what I had been, what I'd always heard growing up, you know, and just, you know, growing up and, you know, as a person of faith, just, just hearing certain things and, but not believing it for me, I could believe it for you all day long. I could be your best cheerleader. 
But when it came down to believing for me and I realized that my values, I, I did not value who I was and, and you will never outperform your own self-image. And when I began to do that work and when I really began to get in touch with my values and even know what they were, because y'all honestly, seven years ago, I couldn't even name my values. And people are like, what are your values? I'm like, huh? It's kind of like a growth plan. It's like, uh, what growth plan? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I just tried to fake my way through that, you know, that conversation, but it's, I don't recommend that. But, but yeah, so just, um, you know, I think we, it, it comes down to values. And I think, you know, I, I see that a lot because you, you can't give what you don't have. You can only fake it for so long. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see it with, I mean, a, a lot of different types of people I work with, but um, you just can't fake that. And so you have got to love who you are. And, and that's why I say it starts in the mirror. It really does. It starts with how you see yourself. When you look in that mirror, that person looking back at you, that really matters. And so, so often, you know, I'll catch myself and people all the time. They, I mean, sometimes they're like, Lynn, really? But I mean, how you talk to yourself matters. Even if you drop something, you're like, oh, that was so stupid. You're so stupid. You're so clumsy. You're so blah, blah, blah. All that stuff matters. It sounds cheesy. It sounds like some pie in the sky rainbow moment. No, but it's for real because what you say and what you believe, your mind does not know the difference. What you think and what you say, if you're thinking those thoughts, your subconscious, your your brain knows no different. Yep. And and they've done huge, you know, vast amount of research in this whole area. And they've done all these tests with people and even learning music. And and I got to see this firsthand not long ago. I was at a funeral and I watched this. She was an accomplished pianist. I mean, I'm telling you, this woman is amazing. And I watched her this guy was going to sing a song and she had never played the, the, the key or whatever. I don't know what it was. It was something she'd never really seen or played before. She sat there in that funeral. Now on the flip side, okay. I have two children that I know. You have two children, what? Two children that I know of. Okay. And they are complete polar opposites. Okay. One is in a very controlling household they aren't allowed to make any decisions for themselves. Every decision that this child makes is run by their parents. This child is now an adult. They still feel like a child. They have no, um, not that they don't have any, it's hard for them to make decisions. It's hard for them to do anything. It's hard like to make a decision and take a step and, and try something new or, you know, stand up for themselves. They are very much closed off with uh -huh. they're they're ambitious, but they don't take any of the steps. Right. They have goals, but they won't do anything about it. So do you think that has to do with that? They weren't allowed to fail. Do you think they weren't allowed that? to do anything? Which includes they weren't allowed to yeah. fail. So, so I think it's important to distinguish that when we're talking about allow it to failure, are we going to let our kid, I don't know, for instance, walk off a cliff because they will want to? No, you know? exactly. Okay. So, so I think it's, it is, we have to keep some of the parameters up there too, right? Like yeah. health and safety, so, of course. Yeah. Like, 
but you know, if 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 I know, uh, you know that you, uh, back to the bike situation, could, could he could could our child have fell down and skinned a knee? Yeah, could he have skinned two knees? Yeah, could he have broken a bone? Yeah, he probably could have, but all of those things, right, protect him from not experiencing it and failing. It's going to get a certain outcome, right? Is he going to learn perseverance? No. Is he going to learn uh, cause and effect? No. Is he going to learn at what it feels like to fail and what it feels like to muster up the, the strength and the courage to get back up and try again, knowing that he could fail again? No, he wouldn't. You wouldn't give him that opportunity, right? So there's a lot of things missing that comes from when we don't allow our kids to fail, right? Responsibility, All of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, but there, there's that internal like guts, like that, you know, that guts. Think about it. When you have failed, you have to dig deep and go, I really want to learn that, or I really want to be better at it. That's an, in, that's a, that's a strength that you can't like have it child. Just go have that strength. Like that's, that, that is something they have to experience and learn and grow to be Toddlers. like, okay, go. Yes. Toddlers, okay. So you get toddlers, yeah. okay? Yeah. I'm not even going to talk about when they start walking because we all know how that works. But yeah, if you have two, three, four-year-old, okay, and they want a cupcake that's on top of the fridge, they are going to try 50 different things to get up to on get top of that fridge. Cupcake. Yes. How many TikToks, how many Facebook, Instagram reels are we seeing of kids climbing up on the counter, climbing on a chair, climbing the fridge, whatever that looks like to get that stuff. Now, if you turn around and you catch your kid doing that, instead of just going, no, don't ever do that again. Right. Say, okay, that's not a safe way of doing it. Can you think of another way to do it? Yes. Yes. Right? Problem solving, coping skills, accountability, responsibility. My 12 year old, right? This is happening. If you don't do this, this is going to happen. If you do this, this is going to happen. You're responsible for the choices that you make. You create the outcome. And, and letting them feel it though. You have yep. see, I think sometimes we don't let them feel it because we don't want to see our kids sad or disappointed or scared. We want to just run and be like, it's no, no, I mean, don't leave them, you know, for 48 hours and be like, okay, I'll come back to you and I'll give you a hug. No, but let them go, let them experience what disappointment and sadness and, you know, like the, the disappointment of not figuring it out right away. You there's, there's an element of, um, opportunity in sadness and internal, right. When you do fail there, there's, a, there's a lot of lessons learned in there. Do yeah. I like the feeling of this? Do I not like the feeling of this is, do I want to do something different? So I don't feel this way. But if you just are always ready to snatch, snatch them out of that, we're not empowering them in a whole other side of, of learning. That's like being a business sense? owner. Yeah. It's like being a business owner. How many people try, 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 mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I launched a program. I get crickets. Okay. Is that going to stop me from launching another one? Mm -mm. No, because the reward outweighs yes. the, the stepping back, right? I would rather face the reward than face the regret. 
Well, I think that's pretty empowering. And I, and I, and I'm going to have to say that might be really hard to apply. Like, I, I think if we're going to be intentional parents, you, you really have to dissect, dissect that and, and decide how you're going to do that as a parent. Because I think back to the interpretations perspectives, I think a parent could hear that and you line up 10 parents and all 10 parents can come out applying that in 10 different ways. Absolutely. You know? and, and it's not a right or wrong. It's not a right or wrong no. issue. It's just discourse to say, hey, are you aware that when you um, deprive your child of any of the things we've talked about today, discourse, failing, um, learning to listen first, how to listen, you know, not being, uh, taking things personally, not if you deprive your child of that, not run to them and rescue it immediately. Cause it's in our nature to be like, I don't want you to cry poor baby. Don't be hurt. No, if you deprive them of that, what are you depriving them of learning ultimately and growing and becoming right. If our, our ultimate goal is right. A good, responsible, good human being, good citizen, a good human being has to include failures. Do we know anybody that's successful that has never, ever, 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 ever failed? No. So that we have to say failure is a part of the equation for success. But if you eliminate it, then they're not going to be the type of successful they could be if they didn't have those failures included. But I think that that's, that requires intentional parenting. Yeah, it's like the positivity movement. Say that again. The positivity movement. Um, yeah. I'm, gonna think, I'm only going to think positive. Well, then you're going to be stuck. <laughs> no, right? Um, you did mention something, though. Intentional parenting is another thing that I've noticed, and I've, and I've actually seen this, is do your kids see you cry? Do your yes. kids see you sad? Do they see you down? Do they see you when you say I'm angry or I'm having a bad day or, you know, I just need to relax today. I'm worn out. I need to, you know, re rejuvenate myself. Self-care is another learned mm. behavior that we as parents teach our children. My children see me cry. I had a friend say, oh, well, I, my kids never see me cry. So why not? How are they supposed to know that crying is it okay and mm. being sad is okay? And those negative emotions are okay if you're not showing them when you're feeling them. And then how to do that, how to be, how to cope, how to, how to cope with it. How, if you're not ever giving that experience and you're giving them, is it okay to say this? The falsehood that life is always happy and always positive. And there's, I don't know, raise your hand. Is that who? Do you like paying bills? I don't necessarily like that, but I don't, you're right. Or do I like getting a flat tire? I don't know about you, but not really. Right. You like so feeling nauseous has, and showing up uh, anyway? I don't think you would. You would probably like to be in that beautiful bed there. So I did. taking a little nap, but you did. But I did. Right. right? And it's intentional parenting, right? It's, and, and I, the episode, I was like, I have to show up. Like I can't just not. Right. But not only is it intentional parenting and intentionally showing up, this show is my baby. If I don't show up to the show, even when I'm not feeling good, I had a tooth pulled two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and I showed up the same day to do an episode, right? Wow. It's, you have to put that effort in. Now, I'm not saying do everything all the time. I'm not saying don't take days to yourself, but you have to think like the laundry, 
Is Mm. anything going to happen if I don't put the laundry away today? Probably not. Probably not. Right. But if I didn't show up to today's episode, you would have probably been upset regardless, right? I would have been upset if people don't show up to the episode. If I didn't show up to to today's episode, I would have been a hypocrite. And hypocrisy is one of my biggest pet Mm. peeves. I lose my shit over hypocrisy. Mm. Because Mm. I don't give people, if you don't show up to the show or you know show the show, or I don't like Mm. your reason for rescheduling your episode, I'm not going to have you back in any way, shape, or form. So if I'm telling other people that, how, if I don't show up to the show, how does that work? Well, it goes back to the word. It goes back to your word. Then what does your word mean? Exactly. What are you, what are you training people to expect about your word? They really just don't have to listen to you. Really. It's really the bottom, yeah. bottom line. Now, but if you go back to those, I was going to say, if you go back to those emotions, I think you brought up a really good point to be intentionally parenting. Like if there's parents listening that are, that are in the camp of like, I don't ever show my kid anything quote unquote in the negative category you know, it's, we're not making it out to be a right or wrong. It's just, if we're going to back up and be intentional parents, right. And, and, and we're going to um, take on the intentional parenting tactic or strategy on, on, you know, raising, raising our babies, you know, ask yourself by not showing a piece of the human element, right. Sad, scared, mad, fearful, disappointed, all that stuff that that's, that's part of the emotions, just like um, happy and um, excited and, and surprised. Those are all right. You can't have a cake and then just leave out four ingredients. Then you just, that, guess what? Then you wouldn't have a cake, right? It would be, Mush. I don't know, a brownie or whatever, Mush, right? It's the same thing. Emotions are part of who we are made up to be. They're included. So if you choose again, not right or wrong, but if you choose to eliminate that and not let your kids see that, go back to, well, what are we depriving them of? when they're older. I mean, how are they going to know how to cope when they have a roommate or a significant other or a friend that's angry at them or sad at them? If you've never taught them how to be around sad and angry, how are they going to do that? And so I want to do, I want to do a disclaimer because you mentioned it and I should probably do this on every episode is there's no judgment. If you're a parent who, who helicopters, if you're a parent who, you know, doesn't give control or doesn't give those learning lessons, we're not judging you. If you are happy time, we have a setback. It's a springboard. And and I'm actually going to share it. So we have springboards and you think of a gymnast and that gymnast is running and they're just running and running and running. And right before they go to do the jump, they hit a springboard. That springboard has to go down before it launches them into the air, right? So it launches them forward. Those negative moments, those negative thoughts, the negative beliefs, the negative experiences, those are springboards to say, nah, I'm learning from this and it propels you forward. My situation with my son, and if anybody wants to hear from myself and my son, I actually have that on Facebook and YouTube. It's the very first video we ever shared. I did with my son. It was the very first episode. And that was with my son and I. And that was a springboard. If that hadn't happened between my son and I, I wouldn't be here on the show. I wouldn't be helping other teens and other adults, you know, 
change how they express themselves and change those beliefs yeah. so that they can be happy. It's every one of those is a springboard to make you better, to make you smarter, to make you stronger. And if we teach our children that, you know, if they fall off their bike, that hurts. That absolutely yeah. hurts. And you help them dry their tears and you acknowledge that mm -hmm. that hurts. And then you say, you know what? If we try again, we keep trying again, you'll eventually get it. You'll be a professional bike rider. And you get them back up and you build them up. And they learn yeah. that no matter how many times they fall, if they keep trying, they will eventually succeed. You have to go back a little bit. People are like, well, you don't want to look back to look forward. You do have to go back though. And going back, it, it is hard. It's not easy. But going back isn't reliving the trauma. Going back is changing 